This is Gratitude Space Radio, and I'm your host, Chris Palmore. This is a birthday gratitude episode. Enjoy. Well, hey, David, welcome to Gratitude Space Radio. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me. Oh, for sure. You know, I feel like we've, we've had many conversations, and I'm finally getting to record one of them. I know. I, I subject you often to the fact I have to watch one or both of my children while we talk. So you hear me constantly yelling, not at you, but as a kid endangering themselves. So hopefully this will be a much more peaceful conversation. <laughs> well, I I'm always appreciate your time. So I know you're fitting me in when we talk. So I've seen you be the good father and also doing your best to be a good friend. So uh, much, much respect. If the kids do hop in, I would be completely comfortable with it, though. It uh, works out. They actually are sledding right now. Ah. My wife took them out to go down hills that are not as steep as they went down yesterday where they got too scared, needed to go home. So we went to a junior hill and that's where they're going back to. That sounds awesome. You know, my, my wife, uh, the only time she's ever seen snow is when she came here a couple of times and even the other day. And uh, she went outside in the, like at 10 o'clock at night and did a snow angel and the uh, totally like a kid. <laughs> it's like yeah. I was I was thinking I need to find a hill for her, you know, because that would be like the next the thing that she's never done, right? Go sledding, even if it's something I small. mean, like, but would there even be a phrase like that person did a snow angel like an adult? Like it, it brings you back to childhood. Um, right. Although I, I grew up in Florida where like there were no such thing as snow angels. You can make an imprint in the sand. <laughs> sand but, angels? Yeah, but you usually made sand castles. You like, you built castles in the heat and then, you know, the colder it gets, you hope for angels, something like that. Yeah, I don't. Well, you know, I, I don't think I've ever actually done a snow angel. I feel like the only reason I know about that is because of movies and TV shows. So if you really want to do a snow angel, you have to ask yourselves two questions. Do you want a wet butt? And do you want to regret having a wet butt for as long as you're outside afterwards? And if the answer to both of those is yes, it was worth it, then do it. Otherwise, watch the movies or, you know, watch somebody else do it and ask them those two questions. That's a good, you know, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be good to have a little clipboard. Yeah. Before you're going to do this, what do you, are you, are you signing off? That's why she went down and I stayed up here and I took the video because I didn't want the web. Exactly. I went through that mentally. Right. I was like, okay, you go, I'll take the pictures. So cool thing is I got the video, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, one, one of my favorite comedians, Hannibal Burris, who's the guy that really created the real outing for Bill Cosby related to all mm -hmm. the unfortunate things that he did to women. Um, he has this one sketch where he talks about how like at a rock concert, there's always that guy that pours a trash can on his head. And he goes, and like, and the, and the process goes like this, like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I have a trash can on my head. Why do I have a trash can on my head? And then you're, it's over. Cause you didn't think it through. It seemed like a great rock and roll thing to do. And then you have immediate regret cause you're full of trash with a trash can on your head. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. Um, I like that. Yeah. You just, when you just jump in and then you're like, why did I do this? Um, <laughs> which makes for its own good story, I guess. Right. It does. It does. I mean, not to the matter at hand in terms of birthday gratitude, but what's the world without digressions and the trash cans and snow angels before we talk exactly. about your podcast on gratitude. Right. 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 Well, you know, I just wanted to tell the people, you know, I met you, uh, we, we connected on uh, through Chris Shimbra, one of his gratitude meetups. And, uh, and you know, we've been friends since then. And you've been really wonderful guy to shoot uh, ideas off of. And you shared a lot of really great things with me. And um, just, uh, 
you've been a great guy. And even, you know, Jenny came on the podcast. That was a friend of yours. So I had, I got to meet her and, and read her book specifically because of you. Um, so uh, thank you so much for that. Do you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so I am somebody who lives in between everyone else because I know people who know everyone. And that's the really vague way of saying what none of the people in the community I run like to say, which is that we are all insanely super connected. Um, I'm somebody who believes that relational value should be greater, a greater value in this world, the same way we value time and money. And I built a community purposely four years ago, which has become most of my life, which is an incredible amount of incredible friendships where those people happen to have access to the Pope and the Dalai Lama and Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr or whomever it might be, but they have it authentically. And I live to weave people together and to help them achieve a greater purpose together. And that's both through the community I run as part of my methodology called Orchestrated Connecting, as well as a new advisory firm that I've built called Orchestrated Opportunities, which is really all about honoring the chain of connectivity and bringing everyone on board who helps people achieve great things so that we are not forgotten, but instead celebrated as part of that journey. That's beautiful. I mean, that just speaks to, you know, gratitude and, uh, you know, people, uh, you, you definitely are a connector of people and you get what, you know, you get filled up by that. And I get that, you know, and you can connect people and see the magic that happens. And, you know, with me, um, very similar to me where, you know, when I, if I inspire or share gratitude, like, and that gratitude goes on, right. It's that whole idea of initiating that connection. And then you see it happening, what happens because of it, um, it doesn't deteriorate the the emotion or the feeling that you get from, you know, it doesn't, it isn't like a tear structure where, because you can look and say, I connected this person to this person, this is what happened. And then they ended up doing this and, and you're, you're part of the magic. <laughs> it's, it's being part of the magic. It's also just people thinks it takes, think it takes so much effort to be grateful, to give that extra thank you. What they don't mm -hmm. realize is it's the most strategic thing one can do. That's because true. when you, you call up anyone on this planet and say, I'd like five minutes to thank you for something, who doesn't take the time? Right. That's, that's, a, that's, I never, I never even thought of it like that. Just calling to say, thank you. Yeah. That's uh, I love that. Yeah. That's great, man. Uh, well, you know, speaking on that, you know, you, it's your birthday and I, I tell people when on the podcast, you know, the birthday podcast, I'm a very selfish person. So obviously I wanted to talk with David anyways. And I saw his birthday was coming up. So, you know, what a great way to get you on the phone, get you on the podcast and be able to have a conversation with you. But the interesting thing this time was, is you wrote me back, sure, I'll come on, but I hate my birthday. So I want to hear that story or, or why sure. why that emotion comes out before we get into your attitude. In, in text back and forth, like my text was intended to be, sure, I'll come on. <laughs> By the way, I hate my birthday, but you know, uh, text doesn't necessarily ring or um, read that way. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so here's the thing I don't like about my birthday. Um, mm -hmm. I view my birthday as my annual measurement, and my mom's gonna hate me for saying this, so sorry, mom. Um, of everything I've not yet achieved, I wanted to. Some people okay. take their focus, they go, All right, every New Year's, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to not eat this or this. I don't believe in that. I believe that if you want to make a change, do it. If you've realized you should do something, then achieve it. And that the things keeping one back are really just the balance of having so much ambition, but not the time or money 
or space to do what one wants. And I'm somebody who's incredibly ambitious. Most of my ambitious ambition focuses around bettering others and helping elevate others. It's why I worked in the nonprofit sector for so many years and why at the core I'm an artist as a pianist and a composer. But what I what happens on my birthday is I take stock with everything I wanted to have done I've not yet done and it all just comes crashing down and everyone tries to cheer me up and I put on a really really good face. But in the end I have this massive list of if I had $10,000, I'd record two of my string quartets and release that CD. Hard part's done. I wrote the work. I've rehearsed it. I know who would play it. I know where I would record it. I know how I would distribute it. I don't have that $10,000. And, you know, I wanted to build um, a business that helps people with, you know, a specific purpose related to the arts. I don't have the time to do it. And so that's, that's where my birthday irks me because I lose the perspective knowingly that I should be focusing on everyone around me, everyone I love, everyone who calls on what I've achieved. Instead, for me, it's a reset, or now I set a goal of what can I do by next year. Okay, I mean, I, I, I hear where you're coming from. You definitely are your worst critic. Um, I just, okay, so the day basically is a way for you to analyze, opposed to, appreciating some of your achievements because obviously you achieved some things this last year since the last birthday you're more focused on what have i not achieved it's uh it's the it's it's where a, your focus it's goes of, it's, the, <laughs> it's the best day of the year for me not to be an optimist because oh, i'm an okay. optimist with so many things i believe in the end everything will work out that you work towards that when you actually get perspective and compare what one has or what i have to other people i'm so lucky I'm so grateful. I, my career in surviving in New York was because I had parents who had enough means and passion for me that they could support me in my early 20s to really get my first break and make my own life there. And without a family that could have done that, I wouldn't have achieved anything that I had. Um, without a family that encouraged me not only to be in the arts, but found it not only acceptable, but in, I don't even know the right word, that it was my calling to be a musician. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have stories about how they really wanted to play guitar and their dad said, be a lawyer. They right. really want to do this. They want to be an actress. And their mom said, you know, do, do something else, usually medicine or law, you know, but it's something like that. And my dad was like, you should write music and act. And my mom's like, yeah, but, but what about conducting? It turns out I suck as a conductor. Um, so that mm -hmm. was not a, not a path to pursue, but like, I, I, I'm so grateful because I had so much of that. And I still have it to this day. And I have it in my family. I have it in with from my children now. Like my six-year-old wanted to hear one of the rock songs I wrote about 10 years ago. And like she sings herself to sleep singing it sometimes. Mm, like a wow. song I wrote, my six-year-old knows all the lyrics to and like loves it. And like, so how can like how could I not have perspective that like that's what matters? I have that perspective 364 days of the year. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, if you only choose one day to feel like what you're saying, I think that you're like boatloads are uh, ahead of all of us. Well, I mean, no, my wife will, um, my wife, would li if she listens to this, would be like, he's such a hypocrite. He's actually down himself all the time. But, but part of it <laughs> is like, the way I'm, well, no, but, and she's, she's right. Ariel's right on it too. Cause like, like I will work through, 
every disaster scenario that could happen in something so that when it happens, I'm so prepared, there's not an issue. Like I was, I was in the Atlanta airport on December 17th, several years ago when the airport lost power, the lights flickered. I thought seems like we're going to lose power. Cell phone service starts to go out. So I call my mom. I say, you have 30 seconds, write this down. We're getting stuck in Atlanta. Book me two hotel rooms near a place with a pizza place I can walk to without transportation with the children and my in-laws and give me a rental van with car seats for tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. She goes, okay, 30 seconds is up. I lose cell phone service. I call her back two hours later and I go, it happened. She goes, you're staying at the Marriott, rooms 402 and 403. You're renting a budget car the next day. It's in your email when you get power. My family is like, what should we do? I go, disaster scenario two happened. We're prepared. Let's go. Pizza's getting cold. And so it's like, that's sort of the way I work. So I run through that all in my head constantly, especially in the, the goal of being able to be as efficient and effective as I can so I can do as much as I can for others. Mm-hmm. So then when the day comes crashing down to being, quote, all about you. And again, I have eight friends that share my birthday, even two that share the same astrological sign. So full disclaimer, I don't believe in astrology because they couldn't be more different than me, even if one was born within the same hour under the same moon cycle, whatever that stuff is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for me, but my belief is in people. Everyone comes and cheers me up and takes me out of that on my birthday. But the fact they have to pull me out of it is representative of what that psyche is for me. So I'm sorry if I'm a downer on your gratitude uh, podcast that I'm going, I don't feel gracious on my birthday. I do. I just, um, I take it with a really big grain of salt. No, you're 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 great. I, I you're you're weaving in and out. So it's uh, you know, like you said, it's it, you're being self-critical, which which is fine. Or analyzing analyzing your all your goals. Apparently, that's the day of the year you decide to make it more evident. But at the same time, like you said, you you flip the script and you realize, you know, you're thinking you've got a lot to be grateful for. It doesn't turn off your gratitude gene or flick the switch down. So I, I guess the cool thing is, is we're recording this before your birthday. So technically, you're not feeling that. Uh, feeling that emotion in this moment, right? Even though we're talking like it's your birthday this day. But you know what? I think I felt it for at least 30 years of my life, Chris. So like- Oh, okay. Age and experience. Not that I'm that old, but I'm going to turn 42 or anyone listening on this day, I just turned 42 and I am bitter. I am sad. (laughs) I am frustrated. I'm waiting for the people to call me that I know should because I call them on their birthday. I'm- wondering which of my siblings is going to be the last to call. Um, I am wondering um, who the random people are on LinkedIn or Facebook that were respond to that autobot that says, send David this impersonal thing, because I've also measured on Facebook for the last eight years, how many birthday wishes I get. And I click like on all of them, 180 to 192 for the last eight years. Doesn't matter who. I have thousands of friends for whatever reason, that's how many people decide to digitally go happy birthday or like somebody else's post. And okay. so I, I, I monitor all that. The reason I mentioned is like, I am grateful for everyone who thinks of me. Mm-hmm. I don't care about people thinking about me. I don't care about sentiment or people like congratulating me on something. I care about action. Mm-hmm. Somebody who donates 10 bucks to some something they know I love as a charity. 
or a dollar. Somebody who says, hey, I know you just started your advisory business. Let's talk after your birthday about potential new client. I really believe in you. Somebody who says, all these things in my life happened because of an action you took. I'm waiting for to be able to return the favor. So like, I, I judge so much of my life on doing things. That's why this flipping the switch to the darkness of my birthday, so to speak, um, is this, this sentiment, this idea that like, I want more action. Mm-hmm. I want more people to come together to create a better impact for the world. I want it through the community I run. I want it with my music. I want it with my advisory business. I want it in my friendships. And I want people to want more of it. And like, that's what I care about. And so when I look at my birthday, I look at everything I've not been able to achieve because I don't have the momentum to move it forward by myself. And that makes me irksome maybe would be the word um which which red velvet cake solves or banana cream pie because those are the singular or combined desserts i will make sure i eat on my birthday every year um (laughs) but you know it's it's another thing just to riff on this right because like where we grow up and then where we end up living oftentimes seasons are different Mm -hmm. i'm looking at my window it's slushy snow i grew up in florida i played barefoot soccer at four o'clock on my birthday and now I'm like making snow angels and getting a wet butt. Like, it's just like, a, it's a whole different paradigm than it was before. Yeah, life, uh, it's it's interesting, right? I mean, how every, you know, Christmas has become different, birthdays are different, you know, where you are in life and who you're with and how one thing means more than another. And um, as you get older, you know, or things become different, you know, when I think of, you know, like when you're a kid, you think Christmas, you think presents. When you get older, that's not what it's about, you know? Our, for most people, <laughs> right? And you're well, saying for the kids, you probably think seeing them enjoy Christmas, right? It's more about them seeing the kids, you know, opening the presents, right? So it's not you opening the presents, it's seeing them enjoy it, you know? And you know, material joy is a great thing. Uh, my family grew up with both Christmas and Hanukkah because my family's Jewish, but my dad's uh, first wife and my older two siblings are, were grew up Christian. So we celebrated both, but my wife only celebrated Hanukkah. So <laughs> we say happy holidays in our house, but we mm-hmm. do we do celebrate Christmas because it's part of the tradition. And how do you have like a three-year-old around his cousin who's w- with a Christmas tree and giving gifts and tell him he can't get any? Right. Um, right. And so, you know, we we accept the commercialized version of the holiday season and mm-hmm. know that like any child who grew up celebrating both. We felt gypped when a day of Hanukkah fell on Christmas because it meant we didn't get the Hanukkah present. We got the Christmas <laughs> present. On the other hand, like if you're Jewish and celebrating Christmas, you're getting eight gifts for Hanukkah and then Christmas. So you're actually going going much better. But yeah, as an adult, you think, all right, how much is this going to cost? How much of this is going to go into a landfill? And how much of it was the kids like the wrapping paper or the box better? Why didn't I just get a big box and not a train set to go along with it? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but material gratitude, right? Like there's lots of great things that I used to value and want. I can never think of a birthday gift I want except for time. Mm, right. And so what my, what my mother is giving me and my request is two, two days away in a very COVID set safe Airbnb just with my six-year-old. Oh, wow. And we're going to play nice. Uno and sorry. We're going to watch Descendants 1, 2, and 3. 
There's the shameless <laughs> plug for Disney. Um, we're gonna write our own story and illustrate it. Oh, wow. And I promised her, I'm gonna get in trouble if my wife listens to this, that one day I'd let her try ice cream for breakfast. Oh. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're, uh, you know, that that's the gift you want. You want time. You want, you want to create an experience because that's where, uh, uh, you know, obviously that's uh, the memory and the experience is so much more than a tangible present would ever be. Like you said, going into a landfill or something is forgotten or put in a closet, but spending that time with your uh, six year old, um, that it's priceless. You said, right. Time, the time. Yeah. And the thing I lack is time. That's what happens when you're a parent. It's what happens when you run your own business. It what ha it's what happens generally at a point where you're trying to find a balance of what you need now, what you need for the future, and what you're paying off. Mm -hmm. And everyone is a slave to that. And so much of right. my time is in building relationships where you have no clue where they'll go. But you trust in other people that there's something of reciprocal value if you and they both do that courtship dance of, of bringing each other into each other's lives. Mm -hmm. And at some point that can become valuable. It doesn't have to be valuable for work or personal or pleasure or fantasy or whatever it might be. Sometimes you never know what it's going to be. Right. Like I, I met a guy recently who I met in the context of business. Turns out he's a classical pianist. I sent him one of my new works I just wrote. Mm -hmm. And he played it. <laughs> oh wow! And that was just that was just so cool. He took the sheet music I sent and he learned it and he played it. Wow! What and a, a gift, met, right? <laughs> it, it was just such such a cool thing because like you spend your time as an artist, and people like recognize that you are one. Mm -hmm. But like I went, I did this Facebook post maybe two or three months into COVID. I was like, listen, I know everyone's home. Everyone's home. Watch this. And my six-year-old Eva goes, "Hey Alexa, play the music of David Homan." And then she turns to the camera and she goes, "Do you see how easy that is?" And Alexa goes, "Playing the music of David Homan." And I have like forty-five works that you can play by just asking Alexa to play my music. And yet, most people I know don't listen to my music. I'm trying to think if I even knew your music was on Spotify or on uh, Apple Music. Wait, is it on both? I'm guessing it's, it is, right? It's it's everywhere. Like that Johnny Cash song. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Spotify. A whole bunch of stuff. Mm. Okay. So, like, not that everyone needs to be my fan, nor that I am, am I criticizing you for not having listened. That's mm -hmm. not nature of our yeah, friendship. But want to know what would make me grateful? I put out into this world. 115 works of art, of music, solo mm -hmm. piano, str chamber, string quartet, uh, some for dance, some for theater, some just out there. I don't make money from it. Like when you make 17 cents of a penny of a penny per play, right. like you can like buy a latte. That's next like year. Do. <laughs> yeah. Next year. But like, when somebody takes that time to just literally Google me in the word music and see it's all there, like that's, that's where I'd be gracious. Cause the one thing that at the core, no one can take away is the fact I write music because I love it. I've had great opportunities and I've been in enough of a privileged position to have my stuff played and recorded. 
Right. And, and I remember, well, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, that for me is something where whenever any new thing comes into my life that's challenging, whether mm. it's switching jobs or criticism or the rest, no one like beats me down for writing music. So it, it's a constant, which I would mm. always love more people to listen to. But it's also the thing that I'm grateful for myself because it helps me fall asleep, helps with insomnia, helps with anxiety, helps make friends in many cases because it's something pure. Yeah, and I, I remember listening to your podcast and hearing some pieces that you played at the end of your podcast and uh, just being blown away. They were, uh, again, I don't remember the names, but I remember hearing them and I was like, I was, I mean, you're, yeah, fantastic. Just freaking beautiful, man. Um, so I, I have to let you know that I will get on and listen to some of your music. Now, I don't know, maybe maybe I'll get my own video like your daughter for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make this deal, right? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll buy you a latte when we meet in person after a year <laughs> of helping me out with this. Oh, I don't, how about we buy, we'll buy each other a latte then. I'd feel, perfect, I feel like perfect. you were being overly generous. You've already, you give me, uh, give me thoughts and uh, your time and your, you know, you, you're very, uh, very, very generous. So I would well, feel, listen, uh, you, you are a man with the mission around gratitude in terms of the books that you have penned, the new one that you have as well. And this idea that this needs to be conscious it needs to be purposeful and there's a lot more to it. And so the fact that you are constantly creating this space for people to be able to express it and to realize that they should, not just that they could, but that they should for how it makes them feel and how it makes others feel, I think is just crucial. I wish for the sake of the world, I wish there were more people like you for the sake of your business and the growth with this. I wish it was just you and Chris Schember. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, maybe me who writes about gratitude and reference or deference to you two. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm grateful for you giving people this opportunity and always coming with a positive attitude into things that aren't necessarily easy. Because when we think about what we're grateful for, it gives perspective on two things. It gives perspective on the things that matter, which shed light on the things that don't that have been bothering us. And it also really gives perspective on how the human condition is not to be so positive forward thinking because it is much easier, right? I'll quote the Simpsons, right? Um, Montgomery Burns wanted to try to be good. So he hires Bart Simpson to try to help. And then things go wrong and he realizes it's so easy to be bad. Like once a year you do something wrong and everyone's like, he's bad. But to mm -hmm. be good, you constantly have to keep doing good. And that, that double standard is something that makes it so much easier to be complacent than it is to be purposeful. So I'm grateful for you for keeping that alive and that spark growing with so many people. Uh, thanks, David. I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's definitely my passion. And, um, and I'm very selfish in the sense that the, the great thing is the more people I have conversations with about the more conversations and gratitude, the more things I have to be grateful for. And that's what, and I know that, um, so when, you know, all the podcasts and all the people and initiating people to write, like these are just all, they're all things that allow me to find more gratitude, you know? And, and I do know that by putting more 
I call it gratitude media or gratitude art into the world for say, you call me, I, I consider myself a gratitude conductor because I'm not really, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the one, you know, I'm conducting, I'm assisting in the orchestra playing the music. I'm not the person that wrote the music. I'm not the person that taught the band, but I, I initiate, you know, all, all I want to do is initiate people to, for a moment to go, what am I grateful for? You know, what, you know, to spark that moment, you know, and that's what everything I'm doing is in the hopes to create uh, an atmosphere that allows that to happen because so much good can come out of that environment. And that's why I like these podcasts and the book, you know, and the videos, they're all, they all allow space for that to occur. You know, if you're reading the book, you're thinking in gratitude. It's going to ask you, what am I grateful for? Or did I miss something? If they're listening to it, why is somebody sharing gratitude on their birthday? Oh, what's great. You know, it's a postcard. Like they read it and it says gratitude is happiness. You know, if they just, if you can get some, you know what I mean? Like this postcard right here, say this is sitting somewhere, right? You read it. Like yeah. it, it does what I can't do. It has its, you know what I mean? You read it and it allows you for that moment, at least to have that thought in your head, you know? It's true. But I'll say, if you want this podcast to go more viral, then you need the line, find out why David hates his birthday. Cause we know what sells and bad news sells and positive news doesn't as much. Um, but just in terms of your comment on the conductor, right? There are, you know, I call my I call my world orchestrated connecting for a reason, not just because I'm a musician and I wanted to keep reminding people and plug it into my podcast. Mm. I call it this way, and this will be my final thought, because if I can surround myself by a whole bunch of composers or conductors, mm-hmm. people who orchestrate other people's lives through bringing people together, then when you create a world where all of those nodes, all those aggregators connect more purposely to each other, that ripple effect is huge. And it can make the world soar together like a symphony, as opposed to just each person cry out for their needs or wants or desires. So that's why I love to have people like you in my life and in my network to really help champion that. So thank you. And thank you for having me on this, um, you know, on a day where I'm ruining thinking about what is happening on my birthday and then being there, I'm going to have that swash of emotions no matter what I do. Right. And uh, thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm so grateful that you're in my life. And uh, I, I really value uh, the time you give me and that you uh, I know that you're coming from a place where you get the message and you just like I know that you're a guy that you want that you want to you want to assist the world in being a better place. And it's obvious uh, every time I talk to you that that's that that that's something that always sits with you is that you want to you want a better world and you and you find your place in it with these people and the connections. And it's um and I'm just grateful to be in, be in that circle, you know? So, uh, you know, so I, you know, I like to think, I want to thank Chris, you know, Chris Shimbra again, you know, for inadvertently bringing us together just because he, you know, that's the amazing thing about people putting groups together, right? You never know who's going to be up next to you. You never know who's going to show up and who you can have a conversation with. And then where's that going to go, you know? And, and here we are and, and there's going to be much more. I know there is, uh, I don't know what level, but I'm excited about it. So me too. Well, listen, I'm grateful for our friendship and all the work you do with Gratitude Space Railroad and all of the gratitude work you put out there. I do expect a postcard to come to me soon, just as a non-subtle hint. Um, It'll make me smile when it gets here. Oh, well, I I would hate to say expect it because then you won't be surprised. So we'll just say uh, I I hear read you loud and clear. Beautiful. (laughs) All right, well, David, have a great birthday. And I'm uh, Chris with David, just reminding you all to...
This is an open call to anyone that would like to share their gratitude for another on their upcoming birthday. All you have to do is reach out to me at the email address hello at gratitudespace.com. That link will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and rate us. You can look at this as a way of showing me a little gratitude, just a friendly suggestion. Thank you for tuning in to Gratitude Space Radio, and we are out.